Today is Wednesday, October 12th, and you are listening to What in the World with Amy Travis. A few months back, we were having dinner with friends at a local restaurant when we heard a woman at the table next to us complain, very loudly actually, about her pastor. She didn't want to hear about politics from the pulpit. She said that he should stick to talking about the gospel. After all, that's why she goes to church. This woman made another curious comment. She exclaimed that they should not politicize Jesus. Don't politicize Jesus? Well, it's a little late for that. Let's look at the announcement that the prophet Isaiah made about the coming of the Messiah. This is out of Isaiah 9, 6-7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord's heavenly armies will make this happen. You know, that's a lot of polarizing speech for someone who we don't feel should be political. In fairness, we do need to clarify that some of this prophecy has yet to be fulfilled. From hindsight, we know that this passage talks about both Jesus' first and second coming to earth. It's true, Jesus rejected the idea that he had come to lead the charge to free Judea from the rule of the Roman Empire. He didn't deny it would happen, though, but he just said not at that time. Is it possible that those who say that God does not involve himself in politics have never read the Bible? Let's look at three points about the connection between God and governments. Number one, the idea of self-governance was God's idea, not man's. Democracies and constitutional republics are examples of self-governing models of government. We see throughout history, however, that Dictators and authoritarian rule are the default setting, though, when it comes to human beings making the rules. Our founding fathers used the Old Testament as the blueprint for how to construct a government for the people by the people. To go a step further, the idea that our personal rights are given by God, not the government, is found only in the Bible. The Ten Commandments and Exodus 20 form the basis for our legal system in the United States and many nations throughout the world. God provided the rules of don't kill, don't steal, and don't lie as the way governments can create order and protect their citizens. Number two, Jesus' life and death were profoundly impacted by the political conditions of his day. According to scripture, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, a city in central Israel. But there was a problem. Jesus' parents had settled in Nazareth, a town 90 miles to the south. There was no practical reason for Joseph to relocate his expectant wife to a town where he had no family and no job. However, a federal mandate required Joseph to move. The leader of the Roman Empire, Caesar Augustus, wanted to conduct a census so that he could impose more taxes on his people. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? And since Joseph was a relative of King David, he was required to report to the Judea region of Israel. After a long and strenuous journey, Joseph and his fiancée settled in the town of Bethlehem. So if it were not for this rule enacted by a pagan ruler, the Messiah would have been born in Nazareth, not Bethlehem. 
As a side note, the Roman Empire during Jesus' day covered most of modern-day Western Europe, including Spain, France, England, and Germany, parts of Asia, including Syria and Saudi Arabia, and a section of northern Africa, which included Egypt. A few years after relocating to Bethlehem, Joseph and his family had to flee to Egypt because of political persecution in Israel. When King Herod learned that the king of the Jews had been born according to an ancient text, the vindictive and sadistic king determined Jesus to be a threat to his throne. And although this aspect of Jesus' life is seldom discussed, he eventually was arrested, detained, and executed as a political prisoner, not a criminal one. The Roman governor presiding over Judea even admitted to this. Number three, at its core, the gospel is about who will rule the kingdoms of this world. During the infamous temptation of Jesus recorded in Luke 4, the devil offered Jesus authority over the kingdoms of this world. And I know we've read that scripture many times, but a point that's often lost on us is that these kingdoms were Satan's to give away. Think about that. Yes, Satan is the god of this world. His evil desire has always been for more power. But God, in his infinite wisdom, understood that corrupt governments would oppress their people and suppress justice. And yet, the people of Israel rejected God as their nation's leader and requested a king so that they could be like all the other nations of the world. We see in 1 Samuel 8, 6-9, it says this, Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. For ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now they are giving you that same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. So Samuel issued a dire warning that a king or dictator would steal their wealth, force them into slavery, and traffic their children. Understanding the history of Israel, it's easy to see why the prophecy given by Isaiah presented Jesus, the Messiah, as the righteous ruler who will establish his kingdom with righteousness and justice forever. So as we wrap up, just as the loud woman in the restaurant, we all tend to have an egocentric view of God. We think of him as our personal butler. We talk about, sing about, and preach about what God does for me, how he will help me, how he will protect me, how he will provide for me, and on and on. Me, me, me. And without a doubt, God cares for us deeply as individuals. But we shouldn't lose sight of the bigger picture either. When we take a step back, we understand that the creator of the universe devised an elaborate plan before the beginning of time about how he was going to crush the principalities, authorities, and powers of this dark world under the feet of Jesus. Is there any question that the powers of this dark world include corrupt governments and their political leaders? America similar to ancient Israel, is also on the verge of rejecting God's plan for self-governance. If we do, we will tragically see the same fate as those nations struggling under authoritarian rule. I pray we never find this out. And so just if I can close with a quote, this is from Major Amir Safati, a decorated officer in the Israeli army. During a Happening Now event in Southern California in 2020, he said this, Socialism always comes to power in a semi-democratic way, but will never let go of power until there's bloodshed. I've seen it many times all over the world. Thanks for listening, and remember to always pursue the truth.